the historian buffs all like, yes, there was one of those. Amen. <laughs> well, we're uh, beginning a new series today uh, called The Good and Beautiful Community. And we've been in a three-part series all year, literally an entire year. And if I could recommend this to other churches, I would say it was one of the best series we've done. I hope that you've engaged with it. My wife and I have absolutely loved walking through these books and being challenged by the Holy Spirit and seeing our lives shaped by what he's doing. And uh, the first book we looked at uh, almost a year ago, uh, several months ago, about nine months ago, we started with the good and beautiful God. And we found out that, you know, a lot of people's ideas about God were not Jesus's ideas about God. And so we were challenged in our thinking about God, our false narratives and uh, God began to rewrite kind of our, the story of what we think who God is. And how many of you know that's a very important part of your life? Because you don't really realize how important having an accurate picture of God is until life breaks in around you. When you go through difficulties, you really get challenged in your narrative of God. And that part of that song that we were singing today, Yes, I will, Lord. I'll, I'll believe you. I'll wait upon you. I know that you're good. And, and really, that's kind of the thought we went through in the first book of the series, The Good and Beautiful God. Then we sent into The Good and Beautiful Life. And The Good and Beautiful Life is really about having our character shaped and changed and challenged because things like uh, greed, things like selfishness and self-centeredness, you know, if you don't know that God is for you and not against you, then it's very difficult for him to start bringing up parts of your life that he needs to change. And so I, I just was so beautifully challenged by the Holy Spirit as we went through that series. Uh, one of the things that I was doing is I have the book on audio, so I would listen to each chapter several times before preaching. And every time I listened, it was just like the Lord was just speaking to me like, oh, okay, Lord, yeah. I know Betty's selfish, but he really, no, he never, I never, he never talked about Betty once. He just talked about me. I, I tried that even. I said, the woman you put here with me. Apparently he wasn't distracted by that. So <laughs> anyway, she's a saint. That's all I can say. Um, today we're starting a new series called The Good and Beautiful Community. And I'm going to tell you that the entirety of the Christian life is lived in community. And if you don't comprehend that, I pray that by the end of today's service, you will begin to see how entrenched in community you actually are. You're in the community of the Holy Spirit, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. You're in the community of the Trinitarian God. You're in the community of the fellowship of believers in the body of Christ. And you're in a community in your neighborhoods and the places that you live in meeting people who are needing to know that there's a God who's for them and not against them. You know, I just pray that God, by the power of his spirit, will begin to shape our thinking and our understanding of how desperately we need to live in community and how beautiful it actually is for your life and for my life. So we're going to pray and ask for God's help right now. Holy Spirit, I need you to come and teach us and train us. Reveal to us, Lord, the great mysteries of this thing called community. 
And Holy Spirit, help us to hear your voice, to be led by you, and to be directed by you, for you are good. God, we really do need eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts to receive and respond to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, in our church, we talk about something called the kingdom of God. And by the way, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, is not just about the forgiveness of your sins. That's part of the gospel. But the gospel actually is, the very first words that Jesus spoke was, he said, repent and believe the good news for the kingdom of God is at hand. God had opened up his kingdom so that mankind can come in. And that's really what it's about, that you and I get to enter into the kingdom of God. And that really means doing life together with God. And I don't know if we really comprehend how incredible that invitation really is. That you have been invited to do life in community with the living God. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And so we understand that the community of the Trinity, the community of God, God is three persons in one God. Now, you say, how is that even possible? Well, we'll get there. We're going to explain that a little bit today. And uh, we're going to explain the Trinity to the point where you're going to understand it and what has been unknown by millions of Christians for generations will suddenly be understood today here at the Father's house. No, I'm kidding. It's not going to be. But I'll tell you what it is. I picked a, a definition of the Trinity just so you understand it. Uh, and this is what you've been invited into, into this community, but let me read it to you. The doctrine of the Trinity means that there is one God who eternally exists as three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Stated differently, God is one in essence and three in person. These definitions express three critical truths. Number one. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are distinct persons. Number two, each person is fully God. And number three, there is only one God. Okay. Whew, that clears it all up for you, doesn't it? Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord, the Trinity. You know, my brother Doug and I, when we were new Christians, we went to the, this uh, church and uh, we, we were talking about the Trinity, of the nature of God and and, and they, you know, they were talking about the mystery of the Trinity and, and how hard it is to understand. And my brother and I were like, this is not hard, it's easy. And we had this little debate back and forth about what it was. And we thought we'd go to our pastor and tell him the revelation that we had received about the Trinity. And uh, he wasn't as quite moved as we thought he should be. But uh, over the years, I have studied the Trinity. I have read many books about the nature of God. I have read books that are several hundred pages. I have read books with big words that I'm having a dictionary beside me to understand them. I have read the early church fathers on the Trinity, and this is all that I've come up with. One God, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, why am I bringing this up? Why are we talking about the Trinity today? Because the miracle of what you're being invited into in your life is God has opened the door for you to come into the community that is God. You see, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have existed 
before eternity began. And, and, and you need to understand what he's done in opening the door of the kingdom is to say, come in, bring in your life into my kingdom and do life together with me, which is quite spectacular. Jesus even prayed this prayer and he said in John 17, I ask you uh, not only for these disciples, but I pray for those who will one day believe in their message through them. I pray for them that they will be joined as one just as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you have sent me. You see, the kingdom of God being open, you guys, is, means doing life with God in order to become like God. How many of you know you become like who you hang out with? Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And uh, <laughs> for some of you, you're like, mm, that's not good news. Okay, but maybe you have the wrong friends. Maybe it's time to maybe expand your circle of friends. But if you're friends with God, you're going to become more like God. That's really what the, God is saying. And Jesus in his high priestly prayer, this John 17 prayer, is kind of pounding through history. And it's saying, make them one God as we are one. Make them one as we are one. How many of you believe Jesus' prayers are answered by God? Eight of us believe Jesus' prayers are answered by God. Well, let's go back to a different message about the power of prayer. No, you know that Jesus, if Jesus prayed, it's going to get answered. Amen? Amen? Now, that's a good thing because you're in Jesus. So that means your prayers get answered. So this is getting to be good news. How many of you know throughout history, what's been hitting your life and my life is this language, make them one. Make them one God. Every time we read John 17, it's a prayer that goes up. Make them one God. Make them one. And so that's good news for your life and for my life because here we are. God has invited us into his kingdom. And in the kingdom of God, you are all kings and queens. How many of you know you have a kingdom? Did you know that? You have a kingdom. You have an area that you are to rule over and to have dominion over. This is the heart of God. This is the life of God for every single human being. A kingdom or a queendom. And the word kingdom means the king's domain. Queendom, queen's domain. In the beginning of time, Jesus told us to be fruitful and to multiply and to have dominion for the service and the sake of others. Have dominion over the earth for the service of others. Now, here's the beautiful thing. You were invited by God to bring your kingdom or your queendom underneath his kingdom and live together with him. Isn't that good news? Okay, so let me just follow along with me here. Don't, don't lose me yet. We'll get there in a minute. So here's the incredible thing. As we're managing our lives, as we're going through, us independent, autonomous, sinful people are invited into the kingdom of God. We bring our broken kingdoms under his kingdom, and he begins to shape us and change us. And how many of you know that is good news? Because he's so patient and so kind and so loving and so generous and so gentle and so good. So God is changing your life and my life and shaping us into the image of his son. 
You know, one of the things about God, and I want you to understand this, in this kingdom, you and I have dominion over different things. But do you know that the kingdom of God is a place of mutual, uh, the mutual submission understanding? Do you know what mutual submission means? It means that sometimes I'm going to do what you want to do, and sometimes you're going to do what I want to do. Marriage is the perfect example. So here we are, we're in our little kingdoms, and we're going along, and the problem becomes not that we're having this relationship with God, because that's, that's seemingly easy compared to the next part of what Jesus said in summarizing the prayer. Remember the prayer where he talked about, the first thing he talked about in that prayer was that, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the second part of that prayer. See, it's one thing to be in a relationship with God, but the second part of the great commandment, the second part forces us to deal with relationships with others. See, you're not only in the community of the Trinity, you're not only in community with the King of Kings, the Holy Spirit, the Father, Son, Spirit, you're also in community with the person next to you now turn to them and say, God is making me one with you. Marriage pe married people get it. And the rest of the, the single ones are all asking people out right now. They're like, oh, I, I thought this was happening. Yes. Thank you, Pastor, for giving me an opportunity I never knew. No. What the point is, is that you're part of the body of Christ. If you think the Trinity is hard to understand, you've been made one in the one body of Christ. Every person, you know, that's the Trinity is three in one. Try three billion in one. <laughs> the body of Christ is being made one. One in essence, one in character. One in reflecting the nature of God. One in love. One in union. One in peace. This is an incredible thing. I, you know, we can barely explain the Trinity, but God is making you one within the body of Christ. Do you know what a miracle the church is? The church is awesome. You are part of this incredible body. And how many of you know there's conflicts at times when two kingdoms collide? I bring my kingdom, you bring your queendom, and isn't that marriage is white, Betty? We, we bring that together, and sometimes it's difficult for us. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But listen to this in Ephesians chapter 4, God's setting us up. He says, with tender humility, it's not going to come up on your screen, but just listen. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another especially toward those who may try your patience. Anybody here try each other's patience? Currently, this is for you. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bond of peace, being one body, one spirit, as you were called into the same glorious hope and divine destiny. For the Lord God is one, and so are we. We share the same one faith, one baptism, one Father, who is in all, through all, and is encompassing all. You are part of this oneness that God is saying. And he's saying, in order to hold this together, I've given you the bond of peace. That word bond is the word ligament. 
Jesus Christ literally is the ligament of peace that holds the body of Christ together. How many of you know ligaments can get strained? Anybody twisted their ankle before? Not good. And yet, that's what Jesus does. There's times when you and I collide, our kingdoms come together, our kingdoms start to interact, and there's a strain and a pulling, and this is what the scripture is telling us. You know, you are one, you're going to have to learn to live together. And so this is the invitation of God in this incredible thing called the body of Christ. The mystery of the Trinity, this community that we're invited into, is incredible, but even more incredible is that you are in a community of the body of Christ. This is a good and a beautiful community. Let me read to you this scripture. It's going to come up on the screen, but it's so beautiful. Just let, let, let the words of this soak in. It's called Christ holds it all together, Colossians 1. We look at this sun and see God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank and ra upon rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds it together, the ligament of peace. Like a head does a body. He was supreme in the end, and from the beginning he is there, towering far above everyone and everything. So spacious is he, so expansive, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies. All because of his death, his blood poured down on the cross. Wow. That's a scripture. Amen? You are held together. Jesus is the prince of peace. He's literally holding the body of Christ together. And though at times we have strain and though at times we have conflict, he's holding us together. We're going to bring up a picture now of our cross, which is our new logo as a church. You can see it, for those of you in the sanctuary, we've designed the picture of the cross. We've put the, the same kind of filters on, so it looks like the picture of the cross we've designed in our logo. But I want you to grasp something about this cross. It's all a bunch of pieces put together. Now, there's only maybe 20 on that cross, but just think of the fact that there's four or three billion on the cross of Jesus Christ holding the body of Christ together. You know, the Bible says that you are all living stones and you come together to form the temple of God. This is a picture of your life and my life. How many of you know when you're put next to a stone that has sharp edges and you're crammed in place, what begins to happen to you? <laughs> Anybody figure this out? You, you, you get polished. And how many of you figured out that stuff starts to get knocked off of you? Anybody ever gotten that before? When you come together in your kingdoms and your queendoms, and, and this is what Jesus intended for the body of Christ, and he's saying, what a beautiful community. 
and you thought you just really hated that guy next to you that keeps causing you grief, but God is using it to shape your character. I love this quote by Eugene Peterson. You are a splendid, never-to-be-duplicated story of grace. Wow. And why am I sharing all this? <laughs> well, here you are with your kingdoms, and we know that our kingdoms and our queendoms collide at times, and they create friction, and they create problems. And, and, and this, is, this is intended by God because he wants to form us and shape us. And we know this is so true in, in all of life. You know, as you go forward in life, how many of you know in all your communities, in all the places where you contact people, there is friction? All the time, there's stuff happening that is challenging you to live in the character of Christ or to live in the character of yourself. Now, let me explain it another way. When you and I were born, you and I were created by God, we were created, the Bible says that we were to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. And, and what dominion means, taking control over something. But do you understand that the intent of God was that you would take control over yourself for the service of others? This was God's heart from the beginning. But what has happened in the world is that I have taken dominion over you so that you can serve me. Isn't that true? In every area when you think about it, that person is trying to take dominion over you so you can better serve them. But you know, the kingdom of God is I want to take dominion over myself so that I can live and serve others. This is the call of God. This is what Jesus has done. This is the invitation to mankind. And so our kingdoms are colliding constantly. And as we go through life, God is saying, how are you going to manage that? Now think about your kingdoms and think about your queendoms and think about the places that you live in community. Let's start with marriage and family. How many have ever had conflict in your marriage? <laughs> I do a lot of weddings. Not so much anymore. The other guys do them now. But I've done a lot of weddings. And it's always amazing to me. I tell people things like this. You are seeing this person at their best today. They look their best right now. But the reality of what's going to happen is about to shape your life. You see, <laughs> what we hate about marriage, God loves. People stand at the altar and they're like, Snookums, I love you. I love you. Sweetums, oh, Sweetums, that's such a cool name. I love Sweetums. Why did you call it? Anyway, and they think the two becoming one. Okay, this is the picture they have in their mind. My job is to shatter that illusion, okay? So they, they think it's like two parts of the dove coming together. No, that's not marriage. Marriage is, oh, baby, snookum, snookum. It's like there's pieces of them flying everywhere. Because you have a kingdom and a queendom and you're being made one. So that's part of the family. Don't you all want to get married now? All of you over in that section that are not married. Give me an amen, somebody. Yes, we have a couple amens. You guys see the hands that went up, you know. Amen. Nothing will shape your character like marriage. But how many of you know nothing will shape your character like being in the same church for a number of years? 
<laughs> a good pastor who sometimes jars me and creates problems for my life. By the way, it's time, that time of year. Every year I apologize for everybody I've offended the last year. It's just one of my jobs. I'm sorry where I've gone wrong. I'm sorry where I ignored you or I said something. Just forgive me. It's part of being in the body of Christ. Amen? You get to forgive me. Thank you. I receive that forgiveness. If you still can't, then talk to somebody about it. Okay. So two independent image bearers coming together in the body, of Christ, in the marriage, the two becoming one, it's not as smooth as we think, but how many of you know it's beautiful, it's powerful, and when we do enter in and begin to see our lives being shaped, that really does become powerful. Amen. Amen. And so this is the picture of the church. And by the way, I'm going to tell you about parenting, okay? Parenting, for if you bless with children, uh, you, you, how many of you know in, you can take dominion over a child? That's my job. I control that little thing. <laughs> You're so under illusion. It just poops and eats when it wants to and, free, and rules the house. It's in charge, okay? Let's just get over that. But the point is this, you're, you're, you're raising that child, you're controlling that child, and everything's good, but you know what your job is? Your job is to teach them to have dominion. Because the day's going to come when you can't control them. It's just what you've trained them to do. I remember that day happened in my life uh, with my daughter, and she was a teenager now. And, and I didn't have control of her. Before she was a teenager, she was wonderful, awesome, <laughs> beautiful kid. She's not here right now, so I can say whatever I want. And then all of a sudden, she became a teenager and lost her mind. I don't know what happened to it. But anyway, she would, she would do things like she would text me, or she would never call because then I could talk to her and she couldn't handle that. She would text me and she'd say, Dad, I want to go to this party with my friends tonight. What do you think? Now, there was a day when I would say, I'm coming to pick you up right now. That's what I think. And then we're going to talk about this. But I know now I don't have control over her. So I say, Michaela, honey, you know that we love you. We know that we trust you. You know whether you should be going to that party or not. And so we leave it up to you. Just know that we're here. And if you need to call us, you can call us, but it's your decision. You know, our daughter hated when I did that to her. <laughs> she wanted a fight. She wanted to be like, come at my kingdom. And I'm like, you have been trained to rule yourself. <laughs> and there were so many times when she would just show up and I'm just here, I'm here. Don't talk to me right now. I'm just going downstairs because she knew she shouldn't go. She had been trained. There's still part of her that wanted to. Are you following me? But you had to teach her to train her. That's part of what it does. You know, you, wanna, you don't want to crush people's wills. You want to empower people. You know, there's a scripture. Somebody mentioned this at the end of the, it was Kathy Fraser mentioned this at the end of first service, and I thought, powerful. You know, it says, uh, you know, a woman who sets her house in order, you know, it's, it's a good thing to do. But it, there's one who destroys her house. And the word house can be translated as a palace or a prison. It literally can be translated as either word. You know, you don't want your kids to think they're in prison. 
you want them to be empowered as the princesses and the princes of God to realize this is a beautiful place and a beautiful space to live. Isn't that great? What a great thought. May my kids feel like the royalty that they are. How about work? How about work? How many of you have conflict at work sometimes? Peter looking? <laughs> Is Peter's hands up? That's all I need to look at right now. <laughs> you got nervous little shuffle going on there. He's like, no, Peter and I have a great relationship. We, we have it out sometimes. And that's okay. That's all part of it. You know, work is your greatest mission field, church. You spend 7.5 hours a day, five days a week, 48 to 50 weeks a year uh, for 45 years. <laughs> Woo! How many of you know you need to learn how to live together with people at work? Oh, hallelujah. Are you the one demonstrating the kingdom of God, a life of joy, peace, righteousness, justice, in the power of the Spirit? Are you the person that your boss's name is safe in your mouth? That is a great question. When you're talking about your boss with other people, is his name safe in your mouth? See, when we live in the kingdom of God, it is. You may say, yeah, you know what, it's a hard job sometimes, and he, you know, he makes the best decisions, she makes the best decisions, but man, I'm just so thankful to work for her. She's so amazing. How many of you know people aren't going to gossip with you if you say stuff like that about your boss? But what if it's not true? Well... Maybe you need to pray more for your boss, and then God will change your heart. By the way, he won't change your boss. He'll change you. <laughs> Again, this marriage thing, it's always about me, never about Betty. Guys, listen. What about the church? Are you in a community here? <laughs> These are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Your spiritual family and God's opinion is more important than your earthly family. What? Well, think about it. I mean, ultimately, you want your spiritual family and your earthly family to be the same. But sometimes they're not. And so God is saying, these are the ones you're going to spend eternity with. You know, <laughs> Jesus in the Bible is kind of jumps on us a little bit with this stuff. And uh, he says things like, you know, if you claim to love God but hate your brother, you are deceived and the truth is not in you. Is there any interpretation of that other than exactly what it says? Right? We're in a community of faith, the body of Christ, and God is shaping and forming. And how many of you know, like, is COVID a perfect example of community being strained how many of you had different opinions than the person sitting next to you <laughs> but you're right how's that going for you by the way has that ever worked for you in marriage I'm right this time oh good luck with that one God bless you as you hold on to that truth <laughs> 
the body of Christ, there are over 50 one another's in the scriptures. Love one another, forgive one another, serve one another, encourage one another, bless one another, practice hospitality to one another. Guys, the church is a miracle of the grace of God. I love it. You, I love the church. I love you. You are the most broken, dysfunctional people at times. But you give me hope. Amen? Because I'm one of you. What a miracle of grace that you love me. Hallelujah. God is so good that he has brought us together. Wow, the sharp edges like our cross picture coming together, being formed into this beautiful temple that displays the glory of God to the world. Your neighbors in the entire world are all in need of you to rebuild community. And part of this book, The Good and Beautiful Community, is coming to that point of understanding. Church, one of the things we're going to do during this series on the Good and Beautiful Community is we're going to have 40 days of fasting and prayer starting in May 23rd. But it's not just going to be normal fasting and prayer. Though we're going to take times of fasting and prayer that together as a community, you're not going to fast 40 days by yourself. But as a community, you're going to fast the entire 40 days. That means some of you are going to take, we're going to break it into 12-hour segments. You take 12 hours, the person next to you will take another 12. And we're going to cover the whole 40 days in prayer and fasting. But the intent is to build community. So we're going to do things like we're actually going to do, one of the first weeks is going to be on stand as a hopeful community. Because we want to rebuild community. It's the, I think the greatest damage during COVID, as I've said, is because of the damage to community. So we're going to stand as a hopeful community. We're going to pick a, something to serve our community. We're just going to serve. As a church, we're going to say, here's this event. You can come and serve. It might be cleaning the street. It might be doing something. But we're just going to bless the community. That's what we're going to do during that week. And then the next week is we're going to stand as a serving community. Well, this is just, that's just where you individually start to do random acts of kindness at work. You bring in coffee or donuts. Or you say something nice about your boss or a fellow worker. We're just going to do that. And then the following next week is stand as the Christ-centered community. Where you're going to bless other churches, not just this church. Other churches that you're part of, the body of Christ. We're going to do things that I'm calling all the pastors in this region to come together at one of the days of that week. And we're, having, we're hosting a lunch for them. Just so we can pray for them. Just so we can say we love you. We're praying for the prosperity of your church. We're praying for the prosperity of your souls. Praying your churches are blessed. Amen? We're going to have a week called the reconciling. Stand as the reconciling community. And church, we're going to challenge you where you have had broken relationships within the body of Christ that you will work on healing them. I'm not coming that week, Pastor. Well, then you probably should. Then we're going to stand as the encouraging community, where you're just going to really take time to thank a good friend who's been loving and kind toward you. We're just going to give you an opportunity to do that. Lastly, we're going to stand for Canada and the nations. We're going to end on Canada Day. And we're just going to have a time of prayer for the nations of the world, prayer for Canada, 
prayer for community to be rebuilt and restored. Amen? Yes. Amen. So this is this series. The band's going to come back now. This is the series. You are part of the community of the Trinity. You are part of the community of the body of Christ. You are part of the community of this world and your world. My prayer for all of us is that we will reflect the kingdom of God in the midst of the kingdoms of this world. Amen? Amen. That's our hope, guys. Well, let's pray. Father, we need you. We need you. We need you. Holy Spirit, thank you for the community of faith that we are part of. Thank you for the incredible miracles I'm looking at right now. Every one of them uniquely created a miracle and a marvel of the grace of God. Thank you for them, God. May we love them without measure, Lord. May we love one another. May we live in the community of the King, with the King and with one another, loving our world, Jesus. We need you, Lord. So help us, Holy Spirit. If you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Greg, I want to be a greater representative of the kingdom of God in the midst of all my communities. That may be home. That may be church. That may be your neighborhood, your workplace. I just want you to raise your hand and say, I'm in. I'm in, Pastor Greg. I'll wait. You should all have your hands up right now because it's everywhere. Amen? I'll just wait for you because... Go home and listen to the sermon again if you're not raising your hand. I want to live in the community of the king. Amen. If you're here today and you're saying, I don't know, I don't know this king. I've never come into the community of the Trinity. I've never asked Jesus into my heart. Maybe you're watching online here today. You know, you can let us know if you're watching online. There's a button for you to press that says, I made a commitment to Jesus Christ. But you still need to let us know who you are so we can pray with you, love you. We're so thankful for you. But if you're here today, we exist as a church so that you could find your way home to the love of God, the mercy of God. If you are here today and you say, I need to come into a relationship with the King of Kings, bring my kingdom under his kingdom, live together with him, this is your moment. Give me a wave with your hand and say, Pastor Greg, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Thank you, yes. There are others, yes. Let me know. Because I want to pray with you, yes. Thank you, Lord. If you didn't let it happen online, let us know. Let's pray a prayer with these that raise their hands today. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die for me, that I might live in community with you, both now and forever. Amen. Let's give these people a hand in Jesus' name. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to sing this song one more time, but with a new attitude of understanding that we are part of the community of the Trinity and the community of the body of Christ. If you need prayer at the end of this service, there's going to be people at that cross. And part of being in the community of God is that people love you 
and want to pray with you and walk with you in whatever you're going through in your life. So let's sing this song together, church, right now. Father everlasting, be your creating one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one, I believe in the resurrection. I've been 